1: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: Well, as we do on a Wednesday, always good to check in on the latest breaking news as it's coming out of Israel and more broadly across the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines once again for us. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Hey Ron, let's start with Israel's Prime Minister Naftali Bennett uh, offering to go to Kiev if talks with Moscow advance. What's the story here?
1: Yeah, Zelensky's office invited Bennett to visit as part of his ceasefire mediation efforts between Ukraine and Russia. The Shin Bet, Israel's security agency, has been preparing a security plan for Bennett to visit Kiev on short notice amid Russian attacks. Bennett met with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Moscow on March the 5th as part of his mediation efforts. In recent weeks, there were some advances between Ukraine and Russia, but the gaps in a number of fundamental topics are big, Bennett said. The Russians are no longer trying to depose Zelensky and fully demilitarize Ukraine, while Ukraine has backed down from trying to join NATO, he said. We're trying to mediate together with our friends in the world, but it's a long way ahead, Bennett said.
0: Ron, another headline. A Ukrainian Holocaust survivor has been killed by a Russian airstrike.
1: Yeah, Jewish Ukrainian Holocaust survivor Boris Romanchenko died from Russian airstrikes while in his Kharkiv department, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba confirmed... Romanchenko, 96 year old, survived four Nazi concentration camps. Survived Hitler, murdered by Putin, the Ukrainian foreign minister wrote on Twitter. He lived a quiet life in Kharkiv until recently, last Friday. A Russian bomb hit his house and killed him, Kaliba said, calling the airstrike on the Kharkiv apartment an unspeakable crime. The Jewish community in Kharkiv, northeastern Ukraine, suffered multiple attacks during Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine, which began on February 24. The yeshiva building of the Kharkiv Jewish community was directly hit by a Russian strike, a local kabad community said on Facebook last week. Earlier in March, the windows of a Kharkiv ancient Greek, uh, great synagogue were shattered by the impact of a Russian airstrike that hit a nearby shopping centre. More than 100 Jewish Ukrainian refugees were in the basement of the synagogue at the time of the incident. The killing of Ramanchenko by Russian strikes comes a day after Ukrainian President Zelensky's live-streamed speech to the Israeli parliament, where Zelensky compared Russian aggression to the Holocaust. Zelensky said the Russians were using terms like the final solution when it comes to the Ukrainian people.
0: Well, we're all concerned about rising fuel prices and what's been happening in Russia has been a concern with Ukraine, but also uh, what's going on in the Middle East. And Iran-backed Houthis have attacked a Saudi oil facility and slowing refinery output impacting global supplies. What's the story here, Ron?
1: Yeah, the Iran-backed Houthi insurgents of Yemen... Delisted as terrorist by President Biden as one of his first acts in office, launched a massive terrorist strike on Saudi oil facilities and water desalination plants at the weekend. Saudi officials said the Houthi attack targeted two petroleum distribution terminals, a natural gas plant, and an oil refinery. The targets were spread between several cities including the Saudi capital of Riyadh and the major Red Sea port of Jeddah. The Saudi military coalition said the Houthi attack involved cruise missiles made in Iran. The coalition said its air defences intercepted many of the weapons. But Saudi state media carried photos and videos of fires and explosive damage from the missiles that made it through. One of the Houthi missile strikes Started a limited fire in a tank at the Jeddah distribution plant for Saudi Aramco, the national oil company. The fire was brought under control without loss of life. Another strike damaged a natural gas plant and refinery in the city of Yasrev. The Foreign Ministry source warned that continued drone and missile attacks will affect the kingdom's production capacity and its ability to fulfill its global obligations.
0: A lot of things affecting the price of petrol at the petrol pump. Hey, Ron, close to a million Israelis attended the funeral of their ultra-Orthodox leader this week.
1: Yeah, this incredible crowd of people on Sunday attended the funeral of Rabbi Chaim Kanevsky, the spiritual leader of Israel's ultra-Orthodox community in what was touted as the biggest funeral in Israel's history. All streets and shops in the ultra-Orthodox city of B'nai Brak were closed on the day of the funeral, and residents were asked to act as they, they would at death of a close relative, including tearing clothing, not listening to music as per Jewish morning rituals. Some 3,000 police officers attended. Konevsky, who died on Friday afternoon at age 94, was part of the rabbinic dynasty, and together with his non nigerian peer, Rabbi Yehoshua Gershon Edelstein, was known as the last great Lithuanian ultra-Orthodox leader. Former Prime Minister and current opposition leader Benjamin Netanyahu was stuck in Kedepski's home for over an hour due to the throngs of people outside. Known as the Minister of the Torah, Kedepski lived in a very moderate department, in a Tel Aviv suburb.
0: Ron, turning our attention to Christian media, and of course with the rise of anti-Semitism, that is always a concern, and Christian media typically uh, takes a position of defending uh, the people of Israel, but uh, Christian media joining the fight against anti-Semitism.
1: Yes, at its national uh, convention, the National Religious Broadcasters a Nonpartisan International Association of Christian Communicators announced that its Board of Directors adopted the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance's working definition of anti-Semitism with the call to fight anti-Semitism front and centre at the convention's annual breakfast honouring Israel. The convention was held at the Gaylord Opryland in Nashville from March 7 to March 11. Fighting anti Semitism is a key issue for believers, and it's very important that our understanding of the issue reflects cultural realities, the NRB CEO Troy Miller said. An accurate and contemporary definition of anti Semitism helps us recognise and combat this form of hatred. A joint statement to combat anti Semitism was also issued by NRB TV the International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem and the combat anti-Semitism movement, all of which co-sponsored the Israel Breakfast.
0: And uh, let's finish up on uh, something which is a very interesting uh, twist. Biblical herbs and spices, Ron, making a comeback in Israeli culture.
1: And they taste so good. Herbs and spices were created even before Adam and Eve. According to Genesis 1.29, God gave the pear every seed-bearing plant on the face of the earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food, states the Bible. Indeed, herbs and spices have played an important role for humans since creation. They've been historically used for sustenance, medicine, ointments, oils, offerings, and even currency. In Israel, a renewed sense of focus on biblical herbs and spices, is connecting God's people to their land. At the Eucalyptus Restaurant in Jerusalem, I love the name of the restaurant, Chef Basson brings to his customers a modern interpretation of biblical cuisine. After studying agriculture and becoming a lover of nature, he has become an authority on edible plants indigenous to the region and their culinary uses. The 32-year-old establishment prides itself on preparing and serving traditional foods mentioned in the Bible with a modern Israeli twist. When I'm in nature, I feel the Bible, he said. son recalled in his own memory seeing a glowing plant during his military service in Israel, Frika, a smoked green wheat that is referred to in Leviticus two fourteen as an offering. Leviticus two fourteen says if you bring a grain offering of first fruits to the Lord, Offer crushed heads of new grain roasted in the fire. Today at Eucalyptus, Basson's Frika risotto features roasted vegetables with the diner's choice of grilled wild mushrooms, fresh fish or lamb. Besson also referred to a pesto made with hyssop and served with bread. Mentioned in the Bible for its cleansing effect and for digestive and respiratory ailments. Psalm 51 7, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Besson emphasized that biblical food is universal. In nearly every religion, he said, God creates and humans follow in his image. Besson views culinary creation as his personal spiritual calling. Simper Glock, another Jerusalemite bringing back biblical herbs, is a chef of sorts. As he creates his salves of Jerusalem, he describes the deep meaning he finds overlooking the Temple Mount. Where the Jewish people find closeness to God as an act, as a conduit of healing with God's technology, with herbs and essential oils prescribed in the Bible. There's so much divine wisdom, healing and key elements in God's creation that we can unlock when we want to work on treating being a whole and balanced person. I feel like a high priest when I'm working in my kitchen. There's a whole bunch of detail in this particular article, and you can get it uh, in the Jerusalem Christian newsletter by signing up on the J-Post website.
0: I'm sure it's going to boost sales of special biblical (laughs) recipe books, Ron. (laughs) And I love the way there's a twist in there that uh, the eucalypt gets a bit of a mention, too, amongst those biblical herbs and spices. (laughs) I love it. Hey Ron, thanks so much for another great update and uh, we'll talk again next week but thanks for being with us on 2020.
1: Thank you Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.